five-star review on Davi the Scapegoat. Say, meh. Just say, meh. I want you to get meh. Hi, Ryan Lil. Hi. How are you? I am so good. I can't believe you're so cute. You're so cute. No, you're so cute. Your skin is amazing. Stop it. With your hair and your eyes. I like eyes. your boobs. Get the fuck out. With your face. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> I like your boobs and your face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay, so I'm not a predator, and I can it's, say it. <laughs> you know my address. You, you are in my you home. Know. You are slumber partying with me. I have not been in the sun, and I've been <laughs> using so much SPF because I got into that. I got into this facial skincare game like a little later in life than most gays, you know? Okay. So now I'm like, now Nobody that I feel the effects you. and I'm like, holy crap, like I use this product and like my facial wrinkles, unless I do this, mm. you can't even like really see them from afar. Yeah, that's nice. You know, so I mean, I'm, I I'm think... trying hard. And I, I mean, like I would love to get Botox, but who's got the kind of money to go out and just be like, yo, load me up every week. Hmm. Yeah. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> You're like, it doesn't last long enough. Um, sure doesn't. I would love I would love to do it just because of this. Like I feel like I focus, especially with like my makeup, and my skincare products. <clears throat> I do a lot of just under eye stuff, and I don't touch anything else on my face. Yeah, like it's, with makeup. Mine's this because like my eyes are so light. Anytime I'm like near a window or or even in a bright room, like I'm just squinting, and yeah. because I got all this tension going on here, it's like I get the elevens. So, I think I don't have an 11. I think I have a really solid one, like a have, hard one. A well, four. like, it's got, de- de- so yeah, like. Whatever. I just don't want to be able to show emotion anymore as an adult. Basically. I mean, the that's world what, is That's sad. what I'm going for. It's so sad, Botox honestly. for when you hate your life. <laughs> but nobody will ever know it because your face can't like, show You it. don't look stressed and you're like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you're like, thank you so much. Um, nothing I feel moves. like I feel like I strive to like. Especially like the skincare game, because I think I've gotten a little more like, I don't want to say notoriety just based off of like not musical stuff on social media. But I feel like I've been trying to kind of get onto these trends where I'm trying products out that like people are like, you you should be trying this. And I passed up so many opportunities for like sponsorships and whatever for like so long that now I'm like, sure, like send me a facial product and I'll try it. So I've been trying out these things and like I'll I'll go on social media, I'll make these funny videos where I'm like talking about how much I love Zac Efron, like in this video where I'm putting makeup on. And people are like, So is this supposed to be like a tutorial? I'm like, Did I tell you how to do something? Did I tell you? And they're like, No. Yeah. And I'm like, Well then is it a tutorial? No. You know, and like I just feel like I've been trying really hard to keep up with social media, like everything trending and whatever and there are, there, are, there are times like in my brain and in my life, like my daily life where I'm like, I cannot, I physically cannot like focus any more energy on this right now. Yeah. Like, cause if I do, I'm going to drive myself nuts. Yeah. You got to post every day. You got to have a shtick and well, you yeah, got to like, do it every day. I'm like, like I would my, kill myself. My publicist is like, you should be posting like three to five posts per week. Cause like your engagement's going up. And I'm like, for the longest time I cut off my comment section. Really? On Instagram. Hell yeah. Like, because it was like, if it wasn't the same person saying the same nasty shit, it was like, I would get all of these, like, very anti-gay, you know, like, all this, like, super Republican propaganda stuff that I'm like, why are you posting this? Like, I don't go comment on somebody else's status who wants to know. Like, I don't want to talk about things like that on social media. And I've been trying to, like, keep things light because for the longest time, we talked about this before, I feel like. For the longest time when I was younger in my career and I was like touring with really big names and there were more opportunities coming, I wasn't thinking about like the cause and effect of like 
what all I was saying on social media. So I would go on and tell people literally every single detail of my life. I mean, I would go on, I would go on there and tell them where I was currently standing somewhere. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking like now that I've got friends who like to me, like it's weird. It's weird having friends who are doing amazing like and great things. And I I know that they're like in my head. I'm like, well, they're a celebrity. You know, you're on a top Netflix show and we hang out. I've got to be careful what I am posting while I'm out with these people because like people will people will show up. Yeah. People will just show up. And I've never had to experience that for my own personal life. So that's been hard. And then I realize that like you can overshare. I'm all about being authentic and talking about like my mental health and how things are going in my life. And, you know, I had a breakdown when I found out that I was diabetic and I was like I melted on like camera. But I thought to myself, like, I'm not going to share this. And then I said, no, like, this is something that, like, <laughs> don't people want to hear something like this? Yeah. Like, you're a human being. Like, you have a bad day. Yeah. Like, and that is such a domino effect, too. Like, diabetes can have such an effect on your mental health. Yeah, everything's connected. Why not talk about all of it? Like, that's what blew my mind when I was like, hey, found out I had endometriosis. And so many women are like, oh, my God, me too. Oh, my God, it took 12 plus years for me to get diagnosed. They just told me that's normal they pawn me off on other doctors and then i'm like oh and then this happened from the medication i took from yeah. and they're like oh my god me too that's what's happening with yeah. me i had no idea it was working for this but bad for the so it's like being open about those things and pointing out this could be um it can't sometimes it's not just one thing yeah and it can be many things and that's why like you start taking medication for that one thing maybe it's not working because this other thing is still so jacked and when you put it all together and then you're living your life and you feel good, you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know I could feel good. I just thought this was life. For me, it's kind of like I feel like everyone tries to create this kind of content, but I feel like I have always strived to be 100 percent me. You know, like uh, what you see is what you get, mm -hmm. like at all times, like you're not going to get something different on a show day that you're going to get on a regular day when I'm having a shit mood or like I don't want to do something. So for me, like posting that it made something real that I was struggling with coming to terms with. And, you know, like I know in the grand scheme of things like diabetes, I'm handling it. I will hopefully no longer be diabetic within the next year because of how much I am doing to change it. That's awesome. And I think that when I first found that out, I'm sitting in this doctor. <laughs> I posted about this because I felt so stupid, but I was sitting in this doctor's office and they made me wait for forever. Like I, they couldn't get the blood out. Like they kept on trying to draw my blood. And after like eight pricks, my sister was like on the phone with me. She's like, you need to leave there. So they sent some other lady in this nurse practitioner from up front. And she was like, well, they sent me, I guess I'm your last hope. And I'm like, well, good luck. So she gets it in on the first time. Um, the blood's coming out and she's like, oh my God, your blood is coming out like oil. And I was like, what? Like, and she's like, it's so thick. Come to find out, like my blood sugar was, it, my my blood was basically like sludge, you know, oh, coming God. out. And so when the lady, when she told me, Sarah Bareilles' love song was stuck on a loop in the doctor's office <laughs> and she had, she had apologized. She was like, listen, um, the radio back here, like, do you want it on or off? Cause it's like stuck. And I was like, no, it's fine. Cause like I just got in there and after an hour, they're like, yeah, you're diabetic. And I was like, what? And, it, and it's like, I'm not going to write you a love song. And I was like, I am going to bang my head into a wall. Now, now you have like, to like, please it cut it off. But like, yeah. it feels like life or death to you. You know, like these things that like in the grand scheme of your life, it didn't end your life. You know what I mean? Like, did it affect it? Sure. Yeah. But like, it feels so final like yeah. when you hear it so it's like daunting. when i when i posted it and people were like 
I have been dealing with this for years. Like, you will be fine. Yeah. Like, it was weird because normally I'm someone who I comfort people. Yeah. I'm not used to allowing people to try to, like, give me comfort, like, online. And I felt really kind of... It felt nice, like, yeah. having people that were like, I have been dealing with this for the longest time. It doesn't mean you fucked up. It doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean that your, you know, way of looking at food is shitty, which mine was. Um, honestly, this has been Habits. so eye-opening yeah. to me on, like, how toxic my relationship with food was yeah. as a child. Like, and whether that was because I was fed things that I wasn't experimental on the fact, like, my family never ate vegetables. Like, I was a boxed meal kind of kid for my parents. You know, it was cheaper. And there was a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And then there's also, like, growing up, I would have emotional eating because I didn't know what else to do that I could control. And sometimes that goes the way of people saying, I'm not eating at all. And people will call that an eating disorder. But if you're overweight, nobody wants to call that an eating disorder. You're just fat. It's a double-edged sword no matter which way you look at it. It's a bad relationship with food. Yeah, bad food behaviors of any kind. Over Overeating. That was what my dad did his whole life. Yeah. And then when he was told that he had diabetes, that he had high blood pressure, that he needed to start changing the way he ate things, he would double down. He had the mentality of, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. I am a war veteran. Well, your body's going uh, the, to eventually. Yeah, you know? those kind of food behaviors. So whether you're starving yourself or you're binging, it's all binging, purging. It's all uh, eating disorder. And yeah. I talked about my issues with it. I have two friends, uh, both that work in like art. Uh, you know, one did ballet, one is like a singer that have had really bad issues with it. And it seems more prevalent with women. But it's not. Yeah. Like there's I, such I a didn't... large, large portion of men that are affected by eating disorders and nobody talks about it. And it's like, even if my dad was overweight, that's still an eating disorder. Yeah. It gave him heart disease. He he hurt himself and because there was not enough knowledge in place and education for him. Absolutely. It took me a very long time as an adult to accept the fact that like being overweight. I'm not saying that everyone's at fault. People have health conditions that increase weight or that make them sick or make things where like they hold on to stuff. But I, it was really hard because my entire life I had heard, you know, eating disorder is like anorexia, bulimia, and I didn't have those things, you know? So for me, it was like, it wasn't an issue. When I found out that I was diabetic, like everything has changed since then, like in my head, like with social media and everything else because I think the older you get the less you're concerned about people's perception of you as a human being Mm -hmm. and you're more concerned with the fact that like I have allowed all of these thoughts that are not my business to like dictate my life for the longest time yeah um so for me like with music I was always told you know you don't fit the type for LA. You don't fit the type for New York. Yeah. Um, you don't look the part. You don't sound the part. You don't speak the part. Like, And then I watched these people who, when I was younger, who were openly gay, it was like their music was looked at and it was like, wow, they're a good musician, but, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like the 80s was the closest thing we ever got to people being celebrated for that. And then magically it just went like grungy in the 90s. And then it was like your orientation or your identity didn't really matter anymore. And now that we're back to this thing where like people are being celebrated for being different. Yeah. That has been eye opening for me. But I feel like we grew up in a time frame where you either grew up in a family where everything was swept under the rug or you grew up in a family where things were there was no rug to sweep it under. So you were constantly having to 
battle with yourself on why am I different? Why is this what I enjoy? You know, like it's, it's troubling. And I think now as an adult, it has taken me this long to realize I am responsible for the things that are going on in my life because I've, I, I, I was conditioned to believe that if you wanted to make it in this industry, you had to follow these industry standards always. And that's hit or miss for me because I've had people that are like, why are you trying to sound like this person? Why are you trying to dress like this person? You know, it took me being an adult and finally getting comfortable in the fact that I am a bigger guy. I like wearing feminine, what people deem as feminine. Mm. I don't really believe in like a whole feminine masculine thing, but, but I, mean, I don't either. Because well, clothing it's, doesn't have a gender. But it doesn't. But clothing you've been, is genderless and it should. I yeah. mean, why can men wear kilts and then like suddenly we're having an issue but that's with just that it. beautiful person here, in a dress? Here it does in this not country, it's like the way that I grew up specifically, I can't speak for anybody else, but I grew up in a family where it was like not only was that thrusted upon you, but there were expectations of you. If you were a boy, you played sports, you were, you know, like you wore this, you went to church and did this like blah, blah, blah. So for me starting to experiment with those gender identities and like gender expressions as an adult, I absolutely love the person and the style that I have kind of come into. I, for the first time in my adult life, feel so comfortable when I'm wearing something that just gives me like this, like, holy shit, you look like a badass. Even if it's only in my head, why does it matter to anybody else, you know? So for me, when I got to a point where I found out I was diabetic and I was going to have to, not that you have to drop weight, but they're like, you're going to start losing weight if you're taking care of yourself. It's Your body's going to reach like a natural weight for you. So I've dropped like 40 pounds already. And it's weird because I was so comfortable in this body that felt kind of voluptuous. Like I had curves where like most boys don't have them. And I started being able to cling to that and be like, wow, I can wear this style of pant or I can wear this top and it looks so good. And now my body is shifting again at 33 years old. And I'm starting to feel like I did when I was in my 20s, like coming out into this community that's so body like aggressive that now I'm like, I don't know what my body type is going to be in a year. I don't know what my style is going to be in a year. And that's kind of frightening because I just got comfortable. Yeah. In the body thinking, you know what? You sell this big bitch attitude like you really do. And now it's like. But that might be a mindset. The fluctuations and being able to love yourself through the fluctuations is very important. And not always being like, oh, it's a good thing I have a few tens of thousands of dollars to fix this. Like you always have to fix yourself. You won't have any time to love yourself if you're always trying to fix yourself. Yeah, you've got to be able to appreciate the journey of wherever your body is going. And it makes me sad to say I think that might be something that comes with age because I remember being 33 and being in the shower and being like, I'm a little hottie. (laughs) It's like, good for me. Like when I've been such a shit to me my whole life and I've looked at myself and pictures in different phases and been like, why was I so mean to me then? Yeah. I was real cute then. Like now you're like, I'd okay. go back there and think that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that those things tie back into what I was talking about with social media. I feel like you have such, uh, there's this plague now of like feeling like you have to fit some kind of image. Like mm-hmm. how, how, tell me how many times in your career you've been told no mm. for mo- a multitude of reasons. Like mm-hmm. as a musician for me, it's not just, Hey, we don't think you can sing. Actually, that's never been an issue. Mm -hmm. But it's always like, uh, well, like, we like this, but like the music you're writing doesn't seem like it's very like mainstream. Or they're like, well, you're writing about men. And I'm like, "Mm hmm. (laughs) 
Are you just just like just like just like the men are writing about women out there and women are still listening to those songs, you know, like you're doing good. I might be I might be what? And they're like, we we think you might be homosexual. And I'm like, you do? This is absurd. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I do think about those things. And I think about how, like, it's gotten me to a point in my adult life where. I am more looking forward to like my future, mm-hmm. like with my husband and settling down in the sense of like my life calming down where I'm not having to keep up appearances, I, not look like shit in public. Like sometimes you just want to go outside in a pair of like, you know, like high waisted fucking soccer shorts and like yeah. a sports bra. And people are like, I'm sorry, what are you wearing? And I'm like, I'm just going to Walgreens. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't wear this. And it, that's what always happens. Like every picture you see of me on the internet with somebody, I look like a fucking bag of potatoes. <laughs> and they're like next to me. They're like, look who I met today. And I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. my thumb up. Because I'm like, fuck. Like people spot me when I look like trash because they're like, well, we know where you came from. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, we remember you when you were trash. Like, like on the weekends. I am very much uh, yeah. the pigeon lady from Home Alone. Yeah, too. yeah. Throw and, some seeds. And, and then we're in Target, and I'm like, I'm still wearing face masks just for the anonymous. The aesthetic would be yeah, like, don't like, look at me. Blair, we'd be in Target, and he'd be like, Davi, you know, like across You're the, like, And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I've met so many people during the pandemic running out of a Target in face masks, and then they'd be like, can we get a picture? And I'd be like, yep. And they'd be like, masks off. And I'm like, I'd like to keep it on. I'd please. like to keep it on. Oh I'd my like god! To keep it on, I'd like please. to keep it on, please. Take it's that, a lipstick take competition. Take that hideous thing off your face. You take it off your face. That is one of my favorite moments in Drag Race history. She I'd knew like she was on, she please. was she knew it was happening with COVID way before. I know she's the original so OG. She was that was way before. Oh. Yeah, years. You mentioned Target, and my husband and I experienced this uh, not long ago. And I don't know if I told you this or not, but I I had a moment that like kind of broke me as a individual on social media. Yeah. I had gone into Target and I'm in the women's clothing section, naturally. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, okay, take the woman's sign down because I've been wearing this shit for years. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, Let's just not. So I walk in and this this young guy, I mean, I say young, I'm 33, but he, he must have been like in his very early 20s. Um, approached like the little tea stand that we were at, like with all the clothes hanging on it. And he's like, are you Ryan Lil? And you know, I sometimes like I have, I've told you before, I've been like, yes, it's me. And she, the girl was like, yeah, you peed your pants in the first grade. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, bitch. Yep. I'm like, I, di- I did that. She's like, you also fell off the monkey bars and okay. we couldn't go to the big kids playground. And I was like, first of all, bitch, how do you notice me? Because I look nothing everything? the same. I look like I've eaten 50 of me from when I was that old, you bitch. What but, an asshole. So he asked, and <laughs> I don't bring up every shitty well, thing. Well, I never want to be like, oh, yes, it's me. Like, you know, now I'm, I'm always like, he's asking. Like, yeah, why? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, he's like, I am like obsessed with your music. I said, thank you. And Chris is like, well, that's really sweet. Like next to me. And he goes, do you, do you you know who I am? And I stopped and and people in Target are like looking around because he's like talking to me like out loud. And I was like, um, no. And he's like, I've, I've been following like every page of yours for like five years. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, and I was like, well, but hi. I said, I said, hi, I'm Ryan. Like, Sometimes I went to reach, like I went default. to reach my hand out, and he's like, I- I've met you before, and I was like, oh, it's like, where did we meet? Because I'm think, I'm, I'm just trying my best. I'm like, that's the worst. Just please, you know, like, that. and I, and like, so he literally looked so 
disappointed and I told Chris we got in the car and I had like a moment like I literally like broke down the car and Chris is like why are you so upset I felt so bad about it because I finally told him I was like I cannot keep doing this I can't keep doing this thing where it's like I feel responsible for everybody all the time like mm-hmm. um we talked about this the first show that I opened for you like mm-hmm. in Charleston I was telling you that this might be like my last show and you know cut to two years later here we are well, that was still, that was forever ago still singing Old but um house. But yeah. I'm just at a, I am at a point in my life where people forget, like they see what's happening now because it's blown up more, like mm-hmm. radio and sales and, you know, shows have blown up more. But like, I've been doing this for 15 years. I've been doing this since I was in college. Like I left college to go on a tour, yeah. you know, and I, people don't get that like years and years of years of me having to feel like I am like here's the light switch on and off and I'm having to be on. My anxiety is so bad building up to it that when I get out there and I perform and it goes well and you get off the stage, you know, it doesn't end there. Mm -hmm. You then are waiting around for people to walk up to you and you have to have an authentic, genuine conversation connection with every person that comes up to you because if you don't, you're not, you're not, you're not one selling yourself as the artist that you say you are. Yeah. Second of all, like these people just come out to support you. Yeah. For me, it's like, I don't, I don't know how it is for you, but I guess with me with anxiety, like those on moments are getting harder to elongate yeah. because like the next day after a show, okay, like you and I, we have, we usually have like brunch or something the day after. Yeah. We're all and sleepy. We're, and we're both like this across the table and you're like, how was your morning? I'm like, how was your so morning? Good, but... And then we don't talk and everything's fine. Yeah. You know, but like I'll get in the car with my husband to drive home and he's like, y'all did so good last night. Like blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like driving the car or like yeah. we're flying or whatever. And he's like, you okay? And I'm like, mm-hmm. like my eyes are just like focused. And I'm like, yeah, I've been on since Thursday. It's time to it shut off around yep. like two, 30 last night in the morning you know whatever I ate breakfast this morning like a zombie like I literally scraped food in my mouth and was like (laughs) just swallowing stuff down yeah and now we're on the way home and my body I can't I can't and then I feel guilty because like it's the hibernation time yeah you had the but then do you you ever storm do you ever feel guilty because it's like this is the person that you're spending your life with that like that deserves you in your on you know and I know that like he doesn't I know that my husband doesn't expect that. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't. He gets it at this point. It took a while, then it was like, he needs his men. He, now he knows the night that we get somewhere before a show, I am basically irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to act like I'm a ghost in the house, that you're living your life apart from mine. Then I feel guilty. So then I have this like build up where I'm like, fuck. I feel like I'm having to be on here, on here, on this. And then like the moments that I'm alone. I get so amped because I'm like, you have this downtime Mm -hmm. that you could be focusing on creating this content, having months worth of supply to drop on Instagram. Then I'm like, but who wants to know this about you? Like you're a singer. Who wants to know that you just walked outside and the neighbor's dog shit on your porch? Like, and I'm like, no, I can make it funny. Yeah. And then the problem is you try to make it funny. And if you watch it, you're like, well, people think this is funny. Or just like, like you can't. I'm annoyed like, with me. Like, like that, I'm tired of this, looking at me. This this <laughs> business. And like, here's the thing. I think it's different. If 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 you, if, if I was a namesake like Taylor Swift, there's so much going on that I don't think it's possible for her to focus on anything that's going on online. Anything that's going on with specific fans. She is so busy and moving around with all these parts that I don't think it matters at that point. But for me... When you're not at that level and you are fighting to keep growing up this ladder and making it higher and higher, 
you do have to worry about those things because the tree branches you're grabbing onto on the way up the climb if you if one of them breaks and you fall they're the they're the limbs that are there to like stop you from falling so fast you yeah. know and if you're a dick hole the whole time you're building up this like this career path then when you fall you've got nothing you've got no one underneath you and i'm having such a hard time with that whole balancing of those things because I'm tired of having to, I know that entertainment is the business. I am tired of having to feel like I constantly have to entertain even when I'm not being paid to entertain. Yeah. That's hard. It's got to be hard because you're you're spending so much time being anxious about your performance and then you get that downtime and it's so cool that Chris and, and same with my husband Blair yeah. is they he is like I'm gonna give her 24 to 48 yeah, hours it's depending they on know, the weekend. You yeah. know, is like to chill to get back to get back to you, and then he'll know because I'll wake up early and I'll be like, "What are we doing today?" And it's just like I'm back to normal, and I'm especially these days like I'm being creative, and then I'm going. I need to start like something in Notepad where it's a list of gifts for Blair yeah. or like moments or excursions or I could look up concerts. Like I need to surprise him. I need to get back to loving on him more. Yeah. Uh, it, and it can't just be like a birthday cabin. Yeah, because you, you get so used to them being that person that it's like it feels normalized. Not mm -hmm. that they're doing something special anymore. Yeah. I go. But the reality is, he cooks for me every so day. It's so fucking special. Yeah. You I know? need to get. I need. I need to appreciate him. I want to celebrate the people I love. I want to celebrate you. I want to yeah. talk about how are you guys doing at home when you're writing a fucking book? Yeah. Like, I'm going to be a published author. Yeah. You got a whole manuscript, something yeah. already going. Yeah. I didn't even know you were working on this. Yeah. I was and then really, you're, really you already have publisher it. meetings. Yeah. I was really, really quiet about it. Um, I, like I was saying, I felt so pressured in music, like trying to pump stuff out to stay like relevant with what I was doing. Because sometimes when you release, I release an album that has done more with this album that has ever happened. Even when I was touring with like Megan Trainer, opening for Todrick or doing these things with like Pride and whatever across the country, this album has come out. And I don't know if it was because people were like still in that pandemic mindset. So they had something to jam to at home, but it was like, it blew up. And it was great, you know, um, touring with you helped because I met a whole different demographic and realized that, like, I can take that music music and humor and mm -hmm. make it something different. But when you get home and that music stops being listened, because you need to listen to a song for like a week or two and then you're like, OK, um, that stops. And so for me, like the creative process of writing music constantly, it like sometimes it sucks, you know, because yeah. you don't have it in your head. And so for me, I was like, well, I've got these stories in my head. I'm a really big reader. I love watching like murder, mystery, thriller, like things. I love those kind of stuff, you know, and I love that. Like I can get lost into a good storyline on a book. And so for me, I, I kind of think now I, I sat back and I said, I made this comment to my mom once. And I said, I just feel like every show that comes on, every book I'm reading, like I know the ending before it even ends. Yeah. And she's like, well, why don't you just do something yourself then? Like if you've got all these fresh ideas in your head, like write one down. So I went to this coffee shop like a day or two later and I sat down and I started writing this idea out. And come to almost two months later, I have almost a completely finished manuscript of a very uh, queer-based Charleston uh, psychological thriller. Oh, fun. And I started sending out chapters the first... I, I thought to myself, this is going to be bullshit. You know, like, I'm never going to do anything with this. It's just yeah. something I'm going to write and kind of have as, like, a short story. Um, I've got a friend that works for Washington Post, so I sent it to her. And she was like, Ryan, like, this 
this is good. <laughs> like, nice. like really good. Like I'm caught. Like I'm caught. So I don't know why I just assumed it was going to be like about your life. No. And, and no. now you're saying fiction. And I'm it's like, fiction. Wait, what? Yeah. It's a fiction thriller. Oh my God. I love um, that. You got that floating around. Yeah. In there, you little and, weirdo. I, and I, uh, so <laughs> thriller. I sent it out to places and I had probably three or four publishers already within like two or three weeks of sending it out that were writing me and telling me, uh, just the first sentence alone when they started it, like they needed more. So I'd only sent them the first three chapters and I've sent the full manuscript that I have so far to three publishers and all three of them came back with like, holy fuck. Oh and I told myself like, it felt weird to my sister. Like I'm so used to like with music stuff, getting a thousand no's before you get that one. Yes. Of someone being like, this is okay. Yeah. I have not had any kind of negative feedback about this book and it has terrified me. No, no, you know? no, that's good. I and, get um, what you're saying, though. Yeah, you're it just like, feels like there's like, no... like, let me quit while I'm ahead. Yeah. Let's do... Can it be three chapters um, and not end? And so I have never thought about it, but when I was younger, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to be like a novelist and be able to travel the country and stay where you want and write as like a living? And this, this book is like, it's being published. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's going to be on shelves and stores and you're going to be able to find an actual hard copy of a book that I wrote you know it's that wild crazy and while I it's can't been freaking wait yeah while Do it's been know? happening oh I have been writing down other ideas mm -hmm. so um I told you yesterday I was listening to an audiobook by one of my favorite authors Megan Miranda uh and th her writing has kind of inspired like what I'm doing now because I love a good thriller that builds um, and I want something where like you think you know the ending and then when it happens, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then like after that, there's another part of the ending that you're like, wait, what? Like that is what I'm writing from. Oh and I'm God. it's writing okay. from. And I, and I feel like when I grew up, you didn't have those kind of inclusive books that were like gay characters. And if it was a gay character in a book, it wasn't positive, you know. Yeah. So I want to take some things from my actual life. Um there's a character in this book that is very loosely based on you. There's Shut one, the I, fuck up. Oh, so wait. Shut so up. So wait. Uh, no. Chris, Chris and I have literally gone over this book and he was like, okay, this is this person. This is this person. Stop. This is this person. Because I've got it. You have to draw from something where like people oh exist. I cannot. Just wait until I'll you. Just wait. Just wait until you read it. You'll okay. know. You'll know immediately who She's it is. Such a bitch. <laughs> no. Well, no. I can't give too much away because it'll ruin the All ending. All right. Great. It's, but, I'm um, so excited. It is very much a mental health, psychological thriller. Um, synopsis oh, is basically this. Uh, gay guy Casey who is kind of like sleeping his way through this town wakes up one morning to a dead man in his bed and has no recollection of ever bringing this guy home Okay. Um, cut to he's got a weird tattoo on his back that he got from he has no clue where it happened okay. the night before and then you find out once he eventually calls the police that morning that he ends up finding out that there is a dead detective in his bed um, mm -hmm. and there is a serial killer of there is a serial killer who is targeting the men that he has slept with um, and branding them with a tattoo as he kills them. So he is now in like a cat and mouse kind of run, mm -hmm. but he's also being framed. Okay. So it's all about this whole storyline opening about it's like what the fuck. Stressful. It's so. Yeah. I when I wrote it, I was like, I want something that if I watch this on TV, I'd be like, fuck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is so, gonna happen? Like everyone is everyone that like I, Chris has only read a certain amount of it, and honestly, when I came to him about it, he had no clue that I was doing it either, because I was just 
I was fucking around at first, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but now that it's being published, and I literally sat down yesterday and got to talk about cover art and my forward in the front of the book, like who I want to make the book out to and what the pages are going to make up. If they're going to be made of like recycled paper or if we're going to use like certain fonts or whatever. Like I, it's so weird. And this I was never, so I've never cool. been excited about it. Um, yeah. And then I realized that like, this might be the path that I've been wanting to take mm-hmm. for more creatively where I can have music that doesn't have to be generating money all the time for me to have the career that I wanted. It feels like for the most part within books, there is much more space for experimenting. Yeah, you don't Going have to stay against safe. what yeah. everyone has always done to be successful. You can do all kinds of different things. People still want to pay to have creatives just go bananas. It's not like you were talking about in the music industry, and this is something Blair deals with all the time, is people going, you know what you should do? Write something like that Bruno Mars guy. And then you're like, but you're telling me not to sound like anybody else. Yeah. But then you're guiding but me you're guiding, to sound like somebody like, else. Do it, but don't do it. I hate it. And it but why, why don't you? I mean, you know what would be really cool is if you just like went and tried to sound like this other person, but like, but you. But make it you. But make it your own. It's like, could you be oh, so Justin Bieber? <laughs> can you just can you just adopt a different yeah. personality entirely? It's so it's so difficult. And I and and sound this way. Try it this way. Why not this? There's constantly molding and shaping, and it happens like that. Let creatives be creative. And I if feel you like don't I have like been it, struggling leave. with that for sure. I have been struggling with that. And like, if you listen to my sound of music, this last album was a little darker. Like mm. a little more 90s grunge, yeah. like what I wanted it to be. Um, and then there are songs sprinkled in that are just piano or acoustic guitar where I'm actually like belting out a song. And those are the ones that I'm like, wow, this feels good to me. Mm-hmm. The problem is if you are trying to do something to generate an income to survive on, that's not what's selling for me. Yeah. And I don't want to be like a little tiny cog in the machine. And I hate this idea that you are battling other musicians who are trying just as hard as you. Um, these people who are signed by these massive labels who are shelved for years and invested all of their money and savings into their albums and you will never hear them on the radio. That is heartbreaking to me. And I am just at a point in my life where I don't know anymore, truthfully, whether or not the stress, the anxiety, the constant, this is not sound good. You've got to fix this. Someone's going to hear this and think, wow, this guy sucks. Um, the constant stuff that's going on with that, I don't know if it's worth what I'm getting back from it anymore, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's worth going on tour and having to turn myself on all week. <laughs> that sounds awful. Um, having to turn <laughs> myself on all weekend long just to come home and be depleted for days, wondering, like, when the next high is that I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, my body is just trying to cope with the fact that, like, like, think of, like, when you come home from a really good tour weekend, you have multiple dates, and you come home, and you're like, so, like, what, like, what do I do with my hands? Yeah. Like, what, 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 what do I, what do I need now? to do? What, what blows my mind is how much money goes in. Yeah. To, to make that much. To and make then your you're ends like, meet afterwards. You're, it's, it's insane. Like, you're paying to perform. Yeah, like, traveling. To, I mean, doing it here at home in Atlanta, then, yeah, that's, that's a nice, pretty penny. Do that every once in a while. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but to make it a living so much money goes into it and Blair does so much you're putting it, in so like, much time to your own yeah, business basically merch helped like merch has helped 
Because people are buying merch like fucking yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Who doesn't want a good voodoo doll? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, people love the merch and the you know the. I can sign stuff. I never signed stuff before. I signed my first titty in Texas. I saw I that you, you sold more. You signed oh more god. than one titty. Yeah, that lady. There was a lady leaving, and she saw me signing a titty, and she's like, "How much does that cost?" And I was like, "Shit's free." Just a scoopsy doodle. Yeah, I, said, I said, "Shit's free." And Blair's got the camera out, and I just for a second I thought she was gonna take like the full whole on titty. Yeah, just flop. Yeah. This, let me see that whole thing. So made sure no titties came out, and I signed my first two titties in Texas. That's awesome. Yeah, and the guys at the comedy club were like, "We watched Ron White do that for like three hours straight. He got hand cramps." Yeah, they were I, like, "I signed my first to... titty a long time ago um, to a girl named Caitlin in Charleston, and I will never forget because also I don't give a shit about titties, but." Yeah. She was like, will you sign will this? You? And I was like, you sure? <laughs> you sure? It's like, you sure? Can I touch your boyfriend's titty or something? Not really like, my thing, but I'll do it. Yeah, I was like, it's sure, I guess. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, and touring was super fun and yeah. meeting so many people. It was my first time in the state of Texas. It was my first time in Kansas City. It was great entertaining people. It was great traveling. It was great meeting all these people. And honestly, for all the things I was going through, this was such a validation and booster. It was a little wonky in the beginning because of all the stuff I was going through at work. And then finally, it was just like other people's opinions of me is just not your business it's not my business and that that kind of anger you don't just have anger yeah anger doesn't just happen anger is coming from something else it doesn't happen to you because of me it happens because of you and you are in a place that's not a good place to be mentally yeah i know because i've seen it before and it's unhealthy. I'm going to be that person that you need to project that upon. I'm going to be that scapegoat for you. Uh. And <laughs> uh. So tell me something, though. Did it hurt when you found out that you were, in fact, that bitch? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, God, it felt good. Because here you are, <laughs> like sold out shows, and like you are, in fact, that bitch. I'm... And at some point, you have to be able to pat yourself on the back and look at it and say, yeah, I did this by myself. You got to have a Julia Fox moment and be like, yeah, well, s- I did it myself. I'm going to, when I can, well, I didn't, you know? Like, I'm I teamed to, up with you. you up. I teamed up with you. I teamed up with Dedrick. I teamed up with such incredible people. I... But the way that I see that is that you invited people to come out and share their talents, too. So for me, it's more of a, like, I was given a chance, an opportunity. Like, you no, know, what I, it, yeah. It makes me better because I am I am inspired by you all in, in unique, special ways per each one of you. And I fucking love working with you all. And it's like... I could say I did this on my own, sure. And part of it was the platform that I had, of course. Of course. I just feel like you were always on like a lift platform away from the other platform. I was, Do you know what I mean? So I now was, you're on that platform like pink and you're going around the Coliseum like on your own because like yeah, you are that bitch. I wanted <laughs> to know that I could keep up. Yeah. I remember opening for so many people and it was so fun. And I loved being able to do that on the side and practice that more. And then I remember thinking, like, none of these people are going to open for me. Like, I'm I'm never going to headline my own show and have my own thing if I don't fucking try. I remember getting so mad at Brian, Brian Moot, and my husband Blair because 
Blair would be like, yeah, put her on that, put her on that show next Thursday. And Brian would be like, yeah, okay, cool. And because I would be like, they'd go, do you want to do a show next Thursday? And I'd be like, in one week? <laughs> I'm not next, ready. I'm not, <laughs> what? You need to, no, I need like four weeks notice. And Brian's like, are you fucking kidding me? So he was supportive, but also I needed that kind of yeah. push and motivation to get the practice in, to get the confidence in, very important to the game. And then I remember being like, I'm not going to open for another person until I've headlined my own. Yeah. And I just, and then I booked it at City Winery and I was like, do I even have over an, like, do I have an hour and a half of strong material? Because at that time I was like, you have to do at least 90 minutes. And it's like, calm down, like calm your your tits. Like you, you can just you can do City less. City Winery is so fun here, by the it's way. It's so fun. God, I love that I place. I love it. They're the best. It's they ha- dreams they'll, come true. They'll have us anytime. They fucking love us. Well, let's do it again. Let's do it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got some some time tomorrow. <laughs> I'm down for it. That that was a really fun show. And like you were saying, the audience is so diverse. It's, it's been so, crazy. It's so awesome who People... we're speaking to out here and it's so cool and I loved meeting everybody and just being like I've literally never been to Missouri or Texas and so many people know me and now I know them I have so many friends in so many different yeah. states now it's, it's super cool. cool it's cool to watch like a little like 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 your following grow to the point where like anytime someone like you know when people like come for you on social media no matter who it is you like you want to fight back so bad sometimes and then you're like but wait, I've got 150 people with pitchforks that are here to like stab someone for me. I haven't I, had to. <laughs> yeah, I literally love it. But I will tell you what's been fun about it for me. It's like my little music resume. I literally get to have two little tours on the bottom of it that say back of my bullshit and the steak and blowjobs tour. And I put <laughs> it right. and I literally put that in my music resume. It says steak and blowjobs tour. <laughs> Like, I'll send it to you. And it's hysterical. It literally says, I had the cities that I opened, whatever. And it says, Steak and Blowjobs Tour, Davi Kremens. Oh, my God. And now people, are like, now people are like, put that on Instagram yeah. and tag me in it. People so are literally like, hold on. You did you, you did what tour? I'm like, the Steak and Blowjobs Tour. They're like, but what was that about? I was like, when you say it. <laughs> I was like, let me tell you what let the Steak and Blowjobs Tour is about. <laughs> First and That's, foremost. That is an amazing thing to put on a Two resume. things that I love, mm. honestly. Yeah. Per, like, yeah. Like steak and blowjobs. Well, like I love providing a good steak, and I love providing a good blowjob. So for it's, me, it's like best of both worlds. Yes, two top grade meats. Yes, you know, <laughs> expensive meats. Mwah. I and love mwah. this. It's yeah. so nice to be able to appreciate dicks with somebody. <laughs> yeah, listen, you we could appreciate dicks all day if you'd like. <laughs> I've got all day. Let's play. Whose dick is it? I cannot <laughs> wait. You have to freaking. Put I that. will. I will send it over take to you. Take a photo. <laughs> You'll love it. I, I've got it on fucking cardstock when oh I have to take God. it places. It's like, and now hey, what have what have you done? And, and I'm you're like, like, you're you're on there with the likes of Megan Trainer, Todrick, Tegan, and Sarah, Dobby Crimmins, Steak and steak Blowjobs Tour 2022. <laughs> They're like, what was your favorite one? I'm like, probably Steak and Blowjobs. They're <laughs> like, good. wow, that sounds great. Ryan Lil, thank you so much for joining me, and it's always such a pleasure to have you on. And I am so excited for you in so many different avenues of your life. Where can people follow you on social media? They can follow me at Ryan Lil Music on all socials. And if you click my little links in my bios, you can find out all about the new book that I'm writing. It's under 
I'm writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> it literally just, I'm writing a book. So you click it and you can sign up for my little email list. I don't like blow you up, but like it'll be cool to have like some little snippets come your way so yeah. you know what's going on. And you're a fun person to talk to. So. Do you have any comments? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do. Any kind of interview you have or like other <laughs> podcasts are like, so what do you think? You're just like, <laughs> That's really all I have to say about it, honestly. That's, it. <laughs> That's pretty much well. it. Start eating paper in a studio, just <laughs> chewing on paper. <laughs> God, I love you, Ryan. Gorgeous. You're the fucking best. You're the fucking best. Stop it. We're the best. We are the best. I think we're allowed to pump each other up. Let's go this. fuck this fucking city up. <laughs> we're going so hard with that. You're like, <laughs> let's go <laughs> fuck this fucking. I was like, yeah, let's <laughs> fucking do it. Let's do it. <laughs> now let's I was go like, fuck I've been, this fucking have, city up. Let's go fuck this fucking city up. <laughs> we're gonna go out tonight. I'm gonna text some people. I haven't dressed like cute in a while. Yeah. You got a cute outfit. I'm not I gonna do. let you not wear that. And I've got makeup, so I can just like throw something on my face, put some red lips on, and yeah. like go eat a steak and get some blowjobs. Steak and blowjobs. Yeah. I'm sorry. I have to save my energy for my husband when he gets home from tour, so I'm not gonna be able to help you. Do that. <laughs> oh, I don't need help. <laughs> I can handle that all in my head. Give me a beat or like something you want, and I'll be like. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. This week on.